Have you ever been even a little bit skeptical about coaching? Wondering, does it really work? Who are these people? Is it different from counseling? What's the educational background? Who are all of these people calling themselves coaches? (laughs) If you have ever been there, you're not alone. In this episode of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Podcast, I'm actually going to talk about answers to all of those questions that come up for those who are skeptical. So welcome to the Coaching and Positive Psychology Podcast. We are right in the middle of a series for those who have thought about becoming a coach but have questions. And on this episode, we're talking about some of those skeptical questions that often come up when it comes to coaching. So I asked our coaching program manager, Alexis, if she gets some of these questions from people who are intrigued about coaching and yet they feel a little bit skeptical. And so I just said, what are the most common ones? And she gave them to me and I'm going to answer them right here in this episode. Now, it's interesting to me because I was one of these people. I was very intrigued about coaching. I have always loved personal growth and personal development. Um, But even when I first discovered coaching, the very first time someone talked to me about uh, a coach, I had my eyebrows kind of go up and I did not take it all that seriously. Now, that was way back in 2000, um, but it took me a couple of years before I made the leap and decided to become trained as a coach. I needed my questions answered, and I was observing, um, I was noticing, I was kind of testing the waters. I wanted to see if coaching worked for me, but I also just wanted to understand that it's a discipline and a real profession, and so I get it. If you've thought about coaching, but you tend to be a little on the skeptical side, you know what? I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that when you are looking at adding a skill set, let alone changing careers, you should have the hard questions and you should get your hard questions answered. So the first question that has come up is really not so much a question as a criticism. And it's simply this. Anybody can call themselves a coach. People will say that to us. Anyone can call themselves a coach. You know what? That's true. And it's a valid frustration within the industry. But it's really not one you need to stay focused on because when you decide where you want to go, when you have a vision of what you're wanting to achieve, you need to focus on what is within your control. And you really can't control whether or not coaching becomes regulated or there are rules around who calls themselves a coach. Um, This is really an important psychology concept. It's called internal locus of control. And we know that those who focus on their internal locus of control, meaning what they have control over, tend to be more successful than those who have an external locus of control, where they're looking at everything outside of themselves that they cannot control And they cannot do anything about because that's really a frustrating place to be. And so if you want to be a highly effective coach, you want to focus on the things that you can take control of and take control of those things. So what are some of those things? Well, I'll ask you in the form of a coaching question. What will it take for you to stand out? What kind of training uh, do you have or will you get? 
What are the key character traits of highly effective coaches and how could you begin developing those? So it really is, I think, important when some of these skeptical thoughts or questions come up that you decide which ones are ones you can do something about and which ones are not. And if you can't do something about it, is it something that you will allow to stop you? I had to make that decision for myself over 20 years ago. Yeah, anybody can call themselves a coach. I kind of just laugh it off because it is what it is. The truth of the matter is anyone can call themselves a coach. Not everyone can coach, let alone coach really well. And so when you get about the business of being excellent at what you do, these other things don't really matter because the people who are served by you, the people who know you and can refer you, will sing your praises and your opportunities will grow. Even if you are choosing to incorporate coaching as a skill set that you use as a leader or in whatever work it is that you do, you'll find that you're making an impact and people are attracted to what you do. They're bringing you in uh, on conversations and projects because of this skill set. And at that point, what difference does it make who calls themselves a coach? The thing that matters most is that you are using the power of coaching to have an impact, a measurable impact on the world around you. All right. Second question that comes up, and this comes up often, even for those who've graduated out of their coach training program, maybe they're even certified, but here's the question. How can I show up authentically as a coach when it seems like the market has become oversaturated? Okay. So So many people are discovering the power of coaching, but keep this in mind, showing up authentically is something you want to do regardless of what the market is doing. And as a coach, you, what you want most is to show up as a person who is living their best life, facing challenges head on and conquering them through the process of self-reflection and coaching and personal growth. The good news is that the coaching industry continues to grow. It is a multi-billion dollar industry. Just in this five-year period that we are in, it's expected to double. And the reason for that is that coaching works. So it's not oversaturated for those who are great at coaching. I'm going to say that again. It's not oversaturated for those who are great at coaching. Those who are great at coaching often have a waiting list of people who want to be coached by them. So again, the focus has to be on who are you and how are you showing up? If you are overly focused on, oh, there's so many people out there who are coaching and I don't know if there's room for me, then you're taking an approach that is really looking at this from a pessimistic viewpoint, from a viewpoint that is a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundance mindset. There is enough work for you. There is work to be done within your own organization. And so those who are great at coaching are thriving. Our goal at the CAP Institute really is teaching you what it takes to really coach well and to support you in your journey so that you can fulfill your potential and um, help others to transform their lives, to get unstuck. 
while in the process of transforming your own life for the better in the process. So worrying too much about the market and whether it's oversaturated or not does not move you towards your goal. I don't think it's oversaturated. I do think there are a lot of people out there calling themselves coaches. And I also think there are a lot of people that may find uh, the clients and don't keep the clients because they're not getting the results. So when you focus on building the skills that get results, you put yourself in a great position to thrive. All right. So here's the next one. Um, I don't know what programs I can trust to deliver the results I need as a coach. So this is a very real challenge. Um, And if you are someone, and maybe you are like me, who tends towards overanalyzing, it can really get you stuck. Um, So I want you to check out the podcast episode I did, the eight-point checklist for choosing a great coaching program. And use that checklist to choose the program that's right for you. And then here's the thing. Once you find a program that meets your requirements, make the leap, (laughs) jump in, enroll. And I mean that. (laughs) One of the uh, positive psychology concepts I love talking about, and in fact, I talk about it in my book, Successful Women Think Differently, is this idea of the paradox of choice. It comes from researcher Dr. Barry Schwartz. And in his book, The Paradox of Choice, he talks about how to make good decisions, especially if you happen to be someone who tends to overanalyze and look for the elusive, most perfect uh, solution. And what he says is that a lot of people are maximizers and they keep looking and looking and looking, even though they have found one or more solutions that would actually get the job done. Uh, They always think that there's something better, and so they just keep looking. And what he says we need to do is something called satisficing. And satisficing happens when you simply have a minimum standard you are trying to meet. And that standard might be a high standard, but you know what it is, hence an eight-point checklist, for example. And so once you find a solution that meets those requirements, you're done. You stop looking. Sure, there might be something that's slightly better. There might be something else on the horizon that's coming that you could wait for, but you don't worry about that. All you're concerned about is meeting the standard, meeting the minimum that you have set. Even if that minimum that you have set is a high standard, it is an attainable one. So get clear about what it is that's most important to you. And then search out that program where you can check off the boxes that are important to you. And once those boxes are checked, enroll. Now you're on to the next step and you're moving into that next season. As a coach, this is so very important because over time, you're going to coach people that find themselves in the same position trying to make decisions. So I often think of the the journey, the coaching journey. as an opportunity to practice what you preach as a coach and to actually coach yourself through a process. So you may not know right now which program is the right program, but make a decision that allows you to know when you have found the program that's the right program. 
And using the eight-point checklist is a great way to be able to do that. You might have some other uh, minimum standards that you add to that checklist. Don't make it a 30-point checklist. <laughs> you know, Maybe you add one, two, or three uh, additional points that are important to you, but don't make it so overwhelming that it's not possible to find what it is that you want because what you want is out there. All right, next. And this is very real if you're a busy person, but often people say, I, I just don't know if I have time to incorporate training into my already busy schedule. You know, this is going to take up a lot more time. Is it really necessary? Couldn't I just figure out how to do this on my own? And I was in that camp. I did a, just a little bit of training and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to go with this and I'm not going to go any deeper in my training. And that was the road I was on for about two and a half, almost three years when I decided to really delve deep into my coach training journey. And what I realized almost immediately is that I had wasted a lot of time that if I had just made the commitment and said, yeah, I'm busy, but this is something I'm deciding is important. And so I'm going to block the time for the period of time that it takes me. And I'm going to make this happen. There were things I needed to simply eliminate from my schedule. There were some things I needed to move around. And here's the thing. When something is important to you, you find the time for it. So the question is, how important is this to you? Is this a dream you want to make a reality? And if it is, then make a plan and create the space for it. Again, your coaching journey is a coaching journey for you. It's an opportunity for you to coach yourself because there are always opportunities and responsibilities and distractions. And so it can be a challenge to figure out where to find that time, but that becomes a part of your process that you make a decision that this is something you want. And because it's something you want, you are going to make the time and the space for it because it's possible. And we know it's possible because all of our graduates have been in the same place where you are. I'm amazed at the people who've gone through our programs at the CAP Institute. I've been amazed at their achievements, the things that they have done from military officers to medical doctors to lawyers to HR executives to uh, business owners who've been very successful, educators, those in academia, and I'm sure I'm missing a few categories here, but people who have a lot going on already, but they see the value and the power of coaching and they've decided, hey, this is what I want to do. So what you have to do is ask yourself, in the season that I'm going to enter uh, to become trained, what could I adjust in my schedule to make room? right? There might be people you need to ask for help. There might be an activity that you need to drop or downsize for a while. Um, not necessarily forever, but for a while. It's simply about making that commitment. There is a way. The key is to make your goal non-negotiable. And once you do that, you find a way to make things work around your goal. I promise you, you can do this. All right. So here's the next one. And this is for those who have already been successful. And that's a, probably a majority of people who are going into the coaching profession. And so they wonder, 
um, can I succeed at the level I have already attained in the career I have? So can I achieve a level of success in coaching that matches the level of professional success that I already have or higher? Um, so, you know, many of the professionals that go through coach training are highly successful and you may fall into that category. You've already achieved success in your career. You know how to pursue and achieve educational goals. And so starting something new can sometimes feel like a step back, but it's not. It really is all in how you look at it. So if you think of it as adding to your skill set um, and becoming a more valuable asset to the organization you're already in or in an, an entirely new endeavor, you know, that same tenacity that you've brought with you all these years, you bring that to coaching. And in fact, the experience you already have actually can set you apart as a coach. It's not separate. You're on a continuum. You've been building a foundation with the work you've already been doing. And now that foundation is something that helps to build what you do as a coach. All right. Now, along those same lines, oftentimes we hear this one. I feel like it's too late to start something new in my career. I feel like it's too late. And what I can say to you in this is one of our favorite personal growth concepts in coaching. And it's this feelings are not facts. You can feel like it's too late. That doesn't mean that it is. And as you evolve as a person and as a professional, you discover new interests and new desires. Um, you discover new ways in which you want to use your talent and use your gifts. And this is a good thing. So embrace the idea of starting something new because it means you're building on the foundation that you've already set. And so for a lot of people, coaching is something that they're learning to do because they're setting themselves up for retirement and they realize that they're not going to continue in their career as they have in the past, but they still want to make a contribution. They have so much to be able to offer. And so, yeah, it's starting something new, but it's definitely not too late. Oftentimes it is a natural progression to growing and doing something more that feels even more significant and perhaps has an impact in a new and exciting way. So just two more. One, often people will say, you know, are there really existing opportunities within the organization where I am or within other organizations? And the answer is a resounding yes. More and more organizations are hiring coaches often from within. So often taking those who have expressed this interest and aptitude for coaching um, and transitioning them into a position, standing up whole coaching departments within the company. And so it really is about opening your eyes and starting to research what some of those opportunities are. There are now coaching companies um, that are hiring coaches. And this is important to note because although a large number of coaches have their own business and it's a great fit for many people, it's not for everyone. Um, so many of the people who consider coaching as an opportunity often have this concern that they won't be able to coach within an organization, but the opportunities are there. All right. The opportunities are there. And then lastly, 
a lot of people wonder, can I actually build a coaching practice? So many aren't trying to coach within an organization. They see themselves having their own business where they can coach anyone from anywhere um, and it's flexible. So here's the thing. It's important to be thinking about how you would build a coaching business if that's what you want to do. You don't want to be trained as a coach and have the tools to do that, but not have the tools to build a successful coaching business if that's what you're wanting. And I get that. This was so important to me because as we were launching the CAP Institute, I thought, what's often missing? I don't think it's fair to train people to coach without training them um, around how to build a, a successful coaching practice. And my background was in marketing and public relations. So I was comfortable with marketing, but that's not the case for most people who go into coaching. Um, so one of the things we do is we have a five-point business development model. And by the end of coaching certification, you not only have a plan, but you will have done so much of the work that lays a strong foundation for actually building a successful coaching uh, practice. And in our three-day program, the Coach Training Intensive, you spend a full day on business development and walk away with a personalized business development plan. We want you to succeed. And that is our overall goal. So I wanted to share those because they are so common. And, and they're realistic questions. We call them, you know, skeptics questions, but really what we're talking about here is getting down to the nitty gritty of what, what does it really take if you decide you want to coach, you want to help people get unstuck so they can be unstoppable. You want to help people grow personally and build their performance levels. They're questions. And so here were some of the answers to those questions. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Podcast. And if you want more in this series, we've got several episodes just for you if you are thinking about coaching. You know, successful women actually think differently. The research bears this truth out. And one of the ways they think differently is they understand this concept. Where you go in life is largely determined by how you grow. And that's one of the reasons I created the Successful Women's Academy, a personal growth coaching membership with hundreds of women from all over the world. You should check it out. Go to ValerieBurton.com forward slash SWA. And if you found this podcast helpful today, we'd love to hear from you. Just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you next time on the Coaching and Positive Psychology Podcast.